0: The title of what I'm sharing with you is these words, Father's Indescribable Love. Doesn't that sound beautiful? May I invite you, would you say that with me? Father's Indescribable Love. Now, kind of as an introduction, let me say this, that there is a beautiful story in the Gospel of Luke. It is about a son who wanted to sow his wild oats. He wanted to get out there. He wanted to break free. He wanted to do his own thing. That's what he wanted. He wanted his ideas. But the story is also about a gracious father who was patiently waiting for his son, patiently waiting, hoping and longing that his son would come home. Yes, I'm referring to the parable of the prodigal son. Please turn to Luke chapter 15 so long if you have your Bible with you. Now, I'm sure that you are familiar with the story may be very familiar with the story. Bear in mind, maybe five or 10% of people here today actually do not know the story. But I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will minister this to us afresh. I wanna tell you, you can be looking through a passage over and over again, and then you just ask the Spirit of God, Spirit of God, make it come alive, and you read it again, and suddenly it comes alive to you. I pray that that will happen as you read this passage with me, and may you be struck by the beauty of the story in a whole new way. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I like the way it's put across. So, it is on your screen right now, Luke 15, verse 11 to 24, it says, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want my uh, my share of your estate now before you die. It's quite a bold request. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Maybe some of you can relate to wasting your time, wasting your life, being in wild living. Verse 14, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, so the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He really got a great job, didn't he? The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything when he finally came to his senses. That's a powerful statement. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. Now look at this. And while he, that's the son, was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with compassion and love, he ran to his son. Embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger. You know what a ring symbolizes? It symbolizes sonship. He was prepared to come back as a servant, and the father said, No, you're coming back as a son get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Don't you like that? I think to myself, what a wonderful story. What a touching story. Surely, this must be one of the most beautiful parables in the Bible. And you know, when you read the Bible, you need to see things and, and appreciate them for what they are and actually be moved. It's possible to read a story like this and you're not even moved. And I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would be moved by the story. Maybe for some people, this is the first time will actually grab a hold of your heart. Now, there are four things I'd like to share with you. Number one, the lost matter to Father God and should matter to us. Can you agree with that statement? Say it aloud with me. The lost matter to Father God and should matter to us. What is a lost person? It's someone who hasn't yet found Jesus Christ. And the world is filled with so many lost people. Maybe you're listening to me right now, and you say, John, I can relate. I don't know what's going on in my life. I feel lost. And I wanna say to you, it's time to come home if you're feeling lost. The lost certainly matter to Father God, and therefore they should matter us to us too. The Scripture tells us that there is great rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents, when one lost person comes to Christ. You see, we need to realize every single person is important and valuable to God. Every single person is precious to God. In our society, maybe you you tend to look down on somebody who's in a a, a lesser state or maybe they're homeless or something like that. And the society at large tends to look down on people like that. God doesn't do that. God sees every person as precious. You know why? Because they carry His image. And the image of God in people makes them so valuable. Every person is precious to God. God. Our motto here as a church is, join me, helping people know Jesus. And I want to say to you that we declare that the lost matter to God in this place. Now, the parable that we're dealing with forms part of a trio, a trilogy of parables that all refer to things that were lost. Firstly, it's the parable of the lost sheep. Secondly, the parable of the lost coin. Thirdly, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Now, I find this interesting. Three parables in one chapter about things that were lost. Wow. Surely, this is tremendously important to God, and he longs for the lost to come home. Just a little aside here that there is some interesting progressions here in these three parables, there is a numerical progression. Because firstly, it's a lost sheep, which is one out of a 100, that's 1%. Then there's the lost coin, it's one out of 10, that's 10%. Then there is the lost son, which is one out of two, 50%. So it's 1%, 10%, 50%. But then there is also a progression of worth in these three parables. Firstly, it's the lost sheep. The lost sheep can be seen as a worldly possession, it's out there in the fields and so on. Then there is the lost coin, that is more of a personal possession. You keep it somewhere safe, you keep it in the house, etc. And then there is a son, which is the most prized possession, priceless. And I believe, let me say this, that a passion for the lost is something that can only truly come about because of the Holy Spirit stirring a passion for the lost. How many of you have heard of Catherine Kuhlman? Raise a hand if you've heard of her. A great healing evangelist went to be the Lord many years ago. As a young teenager, I got a hold of one of my dad's tapes on Catherine Kuhlman. It was a tape, an audio cassette. If you don't know what that is, ask your dad, ask your mom, okay? And so I was listening to this tape. It was scratchy, not very good quality. And she was talking about her conversion experience. Catherine Kuhlman was a very sort of theatrical and dramatic lady. And she described how she came to Christ and how on. That day, she said the following, I declare to you that when the Holy Spirit came upon me, Catherine Kuhlman died. I tell you the truth, Catherine Kuhlman died. And she said, and from that moment, there was a passion for souls that never stopped. The Holy Spirit can stir about that passion for souls. Yes, the Holy Spirit does give us power to be witnesses, we know that, but I believe that He also gives us a passion to reach the lost, and I say, Holy Spirit, please give us a passion for souls. Please, God, give us a passion for souls. Does anybody say amen? Amen, Amen. give the Lord a hand of praise. Because the lost matter. Number two, the indescribable love of our Father. Now, please say that with me. The indescribable love of our Father. This is really the main thing that we are dealing with today. We read earlier in the New Living Translation uh, from this passage. But now I'd like to just look at a few verses quickly with you. You don't have to turn there. From the message because it portrays it so beautifully, and I love the way it brings across the father. And it says in 20 to 24, in uh, the message version, it says, he, the prodigal son, got up and went home to his father. He was still a long way off, and here it comes. His father saw him. His heart was pounding, and he ran. Everybody say "ran." ran. Say it louder, he ran. He ran out to him and embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned before you it's against God. I don't deserve to be called your son again. But the father wasn't listening. He called his servants. He said, quick, bring a clean sled of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. Uh, So that is very biblical to eat meat and so on. We are going to feast. We're gonna have a wonderful time. And then he says, my son is here. Can you hear the heart of the father? He says, my son is here. Given up for dead, now alive. Given up for lost and now found And they began to have a wonderful time. Let me tell you that this picture in this story is a description of your heavenly Father. Do you get it? He is indeed such a good Father. He is a good, good Father. Oh, say it again. He's a good, good Father. Praise the Lord for His goodness. Now, do you know that in those days, the older men would not run? It was out of protocol. It was unbecoming for the older men to run. But you know what? This father didn't care. He broke all protocol, and he began to run out to his son because he loved his son. And because this was a miraculous thing busy taking place. Now, usually this parable is referred to as the parable of the prodigal son, And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe that the truly astonishing part of this is the indescribable love of the Father. I believe the emphasis should go on to the Father and what He did. Maybe this should be called the parable of the Father's indescribable love. How many of you say amen to that? And you know what? I believe that this parable exists to show you through a story how gracious your Father is and how loving your heavenly Father is. I want to say to you clearly, if you've ever pictured God, the Father, as a cruel man with a stick, then this parable is for you to show you the true heart of God. If you've ever pictured Him as a man with a stern face, His arms are crossed, and he's always displeased for you, then this parable is for you, that you would understand truly how your heavenly Father is. He is your daddy. He is your Abba Father. You can cry out to him and he will come, he will respond. You can cry out to him, you really can. And even if you've done something wrong, all the more cry out to him. I don't get it. Some people, when they mess up and do wrong stuff, they try to run away from God. It's the worst thing you can do. In your muck and everything, you run straight back to God. Look at how gracious He is in this story. You run to Him. He is your Father. And you know, I think of a child, you know, even when a child has a nightmare, maybe six or seven-year-old child, and they begin to cry, ah! Oh! I have a nightmare, and Daddy, Daddy, or obviously sometimes they say Mommy, Mommy. I don't know which one. Let's not get sensitive about this. But you know what? Let's say Let's say Daddy gets called. So in a moment, what happens? Daddy gets there. Now it doesn't matter if the child didn't finish their homework this afternoon. That afternoon, it doesn't matter if they didn't pick up their toys. It's got nothing to do with them. The father will come, and he will help, and he will bring comfort. Some people say, I can only experience the Father when I'm living absolutely perfectly. You know what? You call out to the Father and He comes in a gracious way. Hallelujah. And so, as I'm talking to you today, I want to ask you this Have you maybe forgotten about the love of Father? Maybe. Have you maybe forgotten about His loving kindness? Have you forgotten about His tender mercies? His grace? It says in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, yes, I have loved you. It's God talking to you. He says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Today, folks, know for sure your heavenly Father loves you. Could I ask you to tell the person next to you, your heavenly Father loves you? Tell them that, please. Point number three. Even if you've wasted many years, Father is waiting for you. Say this with me. Even if you've wasted many years, Father is waiting for you. You see, you may have wasted a lot of years and you think it's either too late or impossible to come home to the Father. I want to let you know that that is a lie from the devil. It is not too late to come home to the Father. It's not too late. Luke 15 verse 13 says, the younger son wasted his possessions with prodigal living. You know what the word prodigal means? Wasteful. So he wasted his possessions and there was wasteful living perhaps you might be sitting here today and you realize, well, I have been wasting time in my life running from God. Or you might say, well, I've wasted my health on substance abuse. You might say, well, I've wasted my potential because I've been living aimlessly. I know God has a purpose for my life, but I've wasted my time. I've lived aimlessly over all these years. But know this, God can restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten from you. It is his promise in the world. He can restore the years, and it says in Joel 2 verse 25, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Listen to the statement. A life that is yielded to God for even just one month can accomplish far more than a lifetime without God. Because God knows how to redeem things. And so don't waste your time in wasteful living like the prodigal son. Purpose in your heart that I'm gonna make every day count by living for Jesus. Number four, last point, which is a brief point. Even if your motive isn't quite right, the father is waiting for you. Now you might think, no, I'm not so sure about that. I'll show you. May I ask you a question? What made the prodigal son want to return home? Was it his love for the father? Was it repentance? Was it perhaps hunger that made him want to return home? I believe that it was primarily hungry. The guy was hungry. (laughs) That's why he wanted to go home. He knew there's food at home. And in verse 16 to 18 in the message it says, he was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. You've got to be pretty hungry when you're going to start eating that, bro. (laughs) That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farm hands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving. I'm gonna go back to my father. So it says that he was hungry and that he was starving, and I would humbly submit to you that he was motivated by his stomach. And then he came up with a good speech that he was gonna tell the father, but the father wasn't listening in any case. I like that. <laughs> but what does this tell us? It tells us that sometimes, even if our motives are not quite right, Father is waiting for you. You could be here today and your motives are completely wrong, but Father is ready to meet with you. He's still waiting for you right now. Let me also just be clear. Repentance is undoubtedly necessary for salvation. I'm not reducing the importance of repentance, but sometimes God will overwhelm you with his goodness, and then his goodness will just lead you to repentance. And it says in Romans 2 verse 4, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. As I've been looking through the story, I realized, you know what? It's not so much about our love for God. Yes, we need to love God, undoubtedly but it is more so God's magnificent love for us. Do you get it, child of God, on this Good Friday? It's God's magnificent love for us, and this is backed up through the Bible. It says in 1 John 4, verse 10, it says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I'm drawing to a close. Listen to this. I believe that the real hero in this parable is the father. Please say the father. Father. He is the real hero in the story. And that father figure in this story represents our heavenly father. And so I wanna say to you right now, in the same way, that that father was running towards his son. I want to say to you today, you've got to believe this. Father God is running towards you. He's running with a heart of compassion and love and he is ready to put the finest robe on. He wants to put a ring on your finger of sonship. He wants to put sandals on your feet feet, and he wants to give you a feast. And I want to say this, that you need to receive father's love. That's what you need to do. I'm gonna give an opportunity for people to pray a prayer of salvation now. Think about how important this is on Good Friday. Church, would you please be prayerful? Pastors, may I invite you just to come and stand along the front here right now. Now, let me say this. The Bible says in 1 John 5 verse 12, listen carefully, folks. He who has the Son, that is Jesus, has life. But it also goes on to say, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Some people think, well, I'm gonna go to heaven because I haven't done bad stuff. I haven't murdered anybody, I haven't robbed a bank, and so surely I'm gonna go to heaven. But let me tell you, good people don't go to heaven Believers in Jesus Christ go to heaven, that's for sure. The reality is, there is a hell to shun and there is a heaven to gain. And Father has prepared that for you. He's prepared the feast for you. He's prepared the home for you. Right now, He's preparing the home for you. And so I wanna invite you to get serious with God today. And I believe that there are a number of people here today that you need to surrender to Jesus Christ and make Him your Lord. There are also some people, you know you have backslidden and you have fallen away and Father is calling you home today. There's also some people, you just have no assurance of salvation and this is your opportunity to pray become certain. So this is one prayer, either to get saved, come back to God, or make sure of your salvation. Can we just close our eyes? I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer. Everyone out aloud, phrase by phrase after me. Would you pray it and mean business with God? Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. You're the true living God. I bow before you. Lord, please forgive me for my sins, things I've done wrong. I'm sorry, Lord, but thank you for the blood of Jesus given at Calvary to cleanse me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your cleansing. I open my heart wide open and I say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. I choose to live for you. Thank you, Lord, that you give me the right and the privilege to become a child of God. I am born again. I am saved. And I have the gift of salvation. Now just close your eyes for a moment. Let's just keep our eyes closed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working here. No one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. Now in a moment's time, I'm gonna look at the block on the right-hand side and then the left-hand side and then the middle block. And and I'm gonna ask those people that you prayed that prayer, not to just join in with everybody, but you prayed it to surrender your life to the Lord. I'm gonna ask in this right-hand side block, those people, would you look up at me right now? Look up at me right now. And I'm gonna invite you, wouldn't you just mind having the courage just to raise your hand? We won't embarrass you. And as I see each hand, I just wanna say thank you, thank you, and acknowledge each hand. Put up your hand right now, please, if you're saying yes to Jesus. Put up your hand. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful. The left-hand side block, if you prayed that prayer, to get saved, come back to God, or make sure of your salvation. Have the boldness of just slipping up your hands that I can acknowledge each hand. Do that right now. Thank you, 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 the you, thank you, thank If you prayed that prayer and you meant business with God, have the courage to raise your hand right now. Just look at me and raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right at the whole back section there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's so many hands that are going up. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. People are running to the Father's love today. I would like to do, with your permission, one further thing, folks. And this is it. In a moment's time, I would like to just very kindly and warmly invite you. Would you please consider coming up to the front? And standing along the frontier, facing the stage, facing the pastors. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, it's very comfortable in my seat. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out. But you know what? There is something about taking a stand for Jesus. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me, Jesus, before man, Jesus says, I will acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. There comes a time when you say, I couldn't care. I will make a public statement just by standing here. I'll make a public declaration that I've given my life to Jesus. I wanna invite each and every one of you that needs to come forward, that raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, come to the Father's love right now. Come, 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 come right now. Give them a hand, folks, as they come. People don't mind you moving past. Come to the front. Come on, church. Encourage them. Come and stand along the front. Don't stay in your seats. It's not worth staying in your seats. Make a stand for Jesus today. Wonderful. Come, 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 come. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if these people can do it, you can do it. Come on, get out of your seat. Come down to the front. This is a day of salvation. Come down, come down. Even in the mother's rooms, even in the foyer, come down. Come to the Father's love. 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 Come on, keep on encouraging them. Ha, 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 ha. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We thank you, Lord. This is a day of salvation. Hallelujah. Those people that are in the front right now, I'd like to ask that you make this step. Firstly, let me say this it took guts. Am I right? It took guts to come and stand here. What did we say? If you acknowledge Jesus before man, he acknowledges you before the Father. Right now that is happening. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that acknowledgement that takes place. I want to ask you, mean business with God. I have seen that people that put God first in their life experience incredible things, Put him first. There is a little piece of paper in the front. Can I invite you just to quickly fill it out? Essentially, all we need there is name, surname, and cell phone number. Um, and by the way, we've given you this book, Welcome into the Family of God, which is uh, a means of encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. Those listening online, you can go to our website, and click on a certain link there under salvation, and you can see the ebook there as well. Welcome into the family of God. So just take a moment to fill in that form. You say, Why? The reason is so that one of the pastors or team can call you and just say, How are you doing? Is there anything that we can pray for you for? Uh, would you like to maybe be involved in a, a life group or something like that? There's no pressure that we would just like to be an encouragement to you. So let's just give them a moment just to complete this form. Folks, how many of you agree this is important? How many of you? Congregation, come on. This is important. This is important. This is important. Then once you've completed it, you can just hand it to one of the pastors in front of you. But the book is yours to keep. You can hang on to the book. I'd like to ask... That everybody in front gets ready, together with the congregation, to make this declaration. This is what it will be. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Can we all say this together? Here we go. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And again, with a bit more passion, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Church, would you reach out your hands? Let's just pray. Father, thank you for every person here today. Thank you that they are standing here because you are working in their hearts, that you are drawing them. And Lord, we pray that their lives would produce a harvest for the kingdom of God, 30, 60, even a hundredfold and beyond, Lord. We thank you that your word says that no one will be able to snatch them out of your hands. We thank you that your word also says that the good work that you began in them You will be faithful to complete it. So we bless them right now. We bless them. We pray for healing even to touch their bodies. We pray for emotional oppression. Oppression in people's minds to be broken off of them. And I pray now that you would just anoint them with the oil of joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the tears that I'm seeing here in the front. Thank you that you love your people. Amen. You may return back to your seats. Would you give them a hand, church? Hallelujah. To him be the glory. Well, now it's time for the Passover meal. I trust that you received communion as you came in. For those at home, you've quickly got a quick little moment to get some bread and juice and we will have communion and then we will close in prayer. How blessed we are. Don't partake in communion just yet. If there's anybody that needs communion, just raise your hand where you are. Ushers, just have a look. There's a few hands that are up, please. We just wanna make sure we don't want anybody to miss out. Ushers, I see a hand of people there, uh, somebody there in the middle. Just watch where I'm pointing. Anybody else you haven't received communion? Ushers, just have a look where I'm pointing to that gentleman over there. If you need communion, put your hand up high so we can clearly see it. If okay, there we go. how we love you, Lord. You've been so good to us. We've been sensing your love. The Father's love. Nothing like the Father's love. Nothing like the Father's love. I want to sing that again. There's nothing like the Father's love. Nothing like the Father's love. Nothing like the Father's love. You're loving on us, Lord. There's nothing like the Father's love. There's nothing like the Father's love. Oh. Father's love the Father's love. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 26 out of the NLT. Now on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus was betrayed. The Lord took some bread, and please hang on to the bread and cup we'll partake together. The Lord took some bread. And gave thanks to it, to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Hallelujah. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Would you just think about that for a moment, that this is confirmed with the blood of the Son of God. The most powerful agreement ever to exist, confirmed, ratified by the blood of Jesus. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, You're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we lift up this wafer and we just pray for a moment. We know that this wafer represents the body of Jesus Christ. We know that your body was the perfect once and for all sacrifice. Lord, right through the Old Testament, there were so many of those sacrifices that took place. Of, of, of cattle and, and sheep and animals and birds and all these different things that were sacrificed, but they could only cover for a period of time until the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, you came. And so thank you, Jesus, we hold in our hands the ultimate sacrifice. As this is broken right now, we remind ourselves of what you went through in the lead up to the cross, on the cross, the pain that you went through, but we thank you that you did it because you love us, you love us, you love us, you love us, you love us. us. The body of the Lord broken for you. Let's partake. Now, Father, what a joy it is to lift up the cup. This cup symbolizes The blood of Jesus. What can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your blood. We take a moment to say anything that we've said or thought or done recently that hasn't been pleasing to you, we're sorry. We live in relationship with you. And so when we make some mistakes, we just say we're sorry, Lord. But thank you, Lord, if we confess you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of the Lord shed for you. Let's partake. Now, may I invite you just to close your eyes for a little devotional moment with God. Lord, this is Good Friday, 2022. We thank you for this time together today. We thank you that all across our nation, that believers have been able to gather in at least some reasonable numbers. And we just declare that the plans the enemy has for this nation are broken in Jesus' name. And we declare that the prophetic words and the plans that you have for this nation will come to pass. Lord, we wanna just thank you for today. We give you thanks for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. We say we love you. We pray that as we go into the rest of this day that we would just have a lovely time with our family, maybe friends. And Lord, we look forward to being together on Resurrection Sunday. We give you all the thanks and the praise in Jesus' name. And we say, amen. Amen. May I ask you, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. You are free to go. God bless you, church.